Tactical Crouch, take number one. Hey everybody, welcome to Tactical Crouch, episode number five. I am John Horstman, also known as Kick Tripod, with Volamel and Yiska, here to bring you all the Overwatch leaks. Right? No leaks. Right, Only Joe? seaweed. Only seaweed? Only seaweed. Yeah, you like seaweed. I like seaweed. That's his thing, though. Like he loves seaweed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, we, need, we need a tagline for the show, like, something, sometime, but... Before we do, we've got like two housekeeping, 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 two housekeeping things to talk about. First, no show next week, so we're going extra long this week. So strap in. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a bumpy one. It's going to be a good one. Number two, you can download this show everywhere. Search for Tactical Crouch on all your RSS feeds, podcast apps, or whatever. If it doesn't show up for whatever reason, it's on the Overwatch League daily feed. So, uh, yeah. Um, you can find everything there. And, of course, we record live on Twitch Mondays, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Twitch.tv slash kicked tripod. And you can find this on YouTube at youtube.com slash kicked tripod. All right, guys. Lots going on today. Lots going on today, Joe. Lots, lots of movement. I can't hardly, barely stay up to date. Yeah, it's lots of, uh, you know, people now starting to tease from the existing teams. I think Toronto's event that they're going to be ava- unveiling some uh, some signings, uh, potentially team colors, whatnot. Um, I don't. I actually don't know if it's going to be the signings. Um, so we'll see. It's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of movement, you know, up until this point, it's been a lot of speculation and, you know, leaking here and there. And all this person's talking to this team and now they're not. Oh, now they're over here. But now I think we're starting to reach the the end of roster media where people are starting to settle in. And um, Do yeah, you, you're starting to see. <laughs> yeah. I just hope it's not another Dallas fuel thing. We're like, hey, we've got big news coming up. And then they cut half the roster <laughs> like. <laughs> Big news! It's gonna be great, and they're yeah. all without a team. Yeah, cool guys. <laughs> Big news. Think, is there anybody? I don't think anybody's left to be cut. No, I think everybody's bringing people on at this point. If anything, training. Yeah, sure. I I would want to see more of that. That's one thing that I wish we would see more of is trading. Hmm. Because you don't, we don't. What we have, like a couple. I could count on maybe one hand how many trades we've had. Yeah, I'm sure that'll kind of find an equilibrium eventually. Once, like, a there's enough teams. Yeah. Where it's like you probably pay a lot more um, in in like a trade than you probably do for just signing somebody similar. Yeah. Especially so, some of like the new talent for like next season. Yeah. It's like how many, how many, you know, 18 year olds that are going to be like coming of age at season three are going to be wanted. There's like quite a few of them. Some of it is also just like blatantly throwing hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars away. Like for instance, in Ado's case, mm-hmm. just releasing him, not triggering the one plus one. Yeah. Like you could easily ha- have gotten 200 K 
yeah. that that's now that that's kind of um entered into the public domain it doesn't make much sense why they axed the entire roster where you could have probably made some moves granted how were they supposed to know that there was going to be like three new chinese teams maybe you could have peddled them off there or at least give them a plus one but yeah auto specifically it's like that didn't make much sense I mean, are you really... I, I don't know what he's being paid, obviously, last season. Mm-hmm. But are you ever really going to lose value by just triggering his one plus one? I think, if anything, this was a, like a nice move by Shanghai because they somehow anticipated that it would be harder for him to be picked up if that wasn't to happen. I have no idea what's going on there behind the scenes, but it, it was a very he's weird He's not move. very good in scrims, Yeska. Bad, bad scrimmer <laughs> bad right there. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and this is something that I've always said that I felt like that's why London picked up 12 rosters and two of the best Korean rosters mm. in Overwatch League is to trade them all off. I said by the end of season one, we're lucky if we have half of this team left over yeah. because you just sign them for a big amount and then trade them off for like who's actually performing well or you sell them <clears> off <throat> to teams that need players you don't need Jester and Fissure on the same team. Uh, you might like to, but you probably can't afford it for very long. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where, I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it just makes total sense, especially, it, you know, Overwatch League Season 1 was totally a buyer's market. Oh, yeah. Why you don't have 12 people on your roster is just silly to me because you know more teams are coming in Season 2. They're going to be looking for talent. And as fun as it is to sign uh, contenders teams and contenders rosters and players, it's a risk. We definitely have learned that it is a risk to be able to transfer your apex or contenders uh, performances into the league format that is um, Mm -hmm. Overwatch League. So I don't know. Then again, I'm not a GM. I'm not a I'm not a coach. I'm that's not me. It's more you guys than I, obviously. The one thing I I do kind of want to bring up when it comes to rosters and trading specifically is that we don't have much else in the way of bargaining. Whereas in like traditional sports, you do have like draft positions that you can you can add in to sweeten the deal for other teams. Whereas Overwatch, you don't have anything else to kind of uh, throw around. So it's not like oh I, I want to buy profit. So here's 100k and first round draft pick. It's like, well, that doesn't happen because we don't we don't have anything else. So I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of postulating what else we could add into to Overwatch to add as or, or use as a, a a bargaining chip. Do you think there's anything? Hmm. Not really. Question. No. Yeah. I mean. Hmm. You know what I mean. I think one thing that could happen is, for instance, if you have a um. I'm not sure if that's even legal under the Overwatch League, but for instance, for let's say you're Spitfire and you have sure. like a prospect that you want to like you you found a kid, he's pretty good, you want to have him, but you obviously won't be able to use him on British Hurricane, right? Mm. So maybe you could make a deal with one of the Korean franchises or a, a, an academy team that has a full Korean roster, park him there, make sure that this like there's some way to bring him back. Like some, you know, pseudo loan, and keep him warm in that regard, right? Something like this could be. I'm not sure if that's at all legally possible, 
but that's one of the things I, I could imagine happening. Sure, right. yeah. That's really creative. I don't know if you can do it, but if you can, that's a really yeah. creative solution that I'm surprised people haven't tried, unless it's like very specific in the um, unposted Overwatch League rules that we still don't have. Don't but we do remember. have a book coming out. <laughs> do we? We have an Overwatch League book coming out oh, of like the, the inaugural the, season thing. The novelization. I of think my like the second, Overwatch my League. second highest uh, comment on on the competitive subreddit is um, me going, "Hey, sorry, rules are too hard to post, but here's a full fledged effing book." <laughs> is what I put there, and it has like novelization. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I I, I'd love to see what that does. If that does well, I'd be shocked. But I cannot imagine that that does well. Uh, yeah, I mean, like for for somebody like me, I would probably buy it because yeah. again, I well, but look at how much time I spent into I put into you know Overwatch League and creating Overwatch League for all the different. Sure. Uh, creating content for Overwatch League for all the different franchises, and I'm also a hoarder. Like I just I, I spend stuff. Yeah. I spend money on limited edition <laughs> stuff. You can't see it, but right over there, I've got my like limited edition BlizzCon one in one thousand uh, poster that they sell for like 150 bucks. Open like, opened a credit card up for that one. Just kidding. <laughs> I think um, that is one of those things that will be bought as furniture. I'm not saying the the, the coffee table you know, the articles in there are bad. I'm just saying that if you're probably willing to pay that premium price, uh, I think it's more like a you know like a collector's stuff than really you know being informed about the things. Oh yeah, there. for sure. I think a majority of those will be fairly untouched in it, ten years' time. Yeah, it's a cool coffee table book. Um, if Overwatch League does well, exists ten years from now. Like, I, I feel I like you could do a lot with that, though. Like, with, like, a book of, like, inside interesting interviews with coaches and players. But I just don't think that's what's going to be in there. Yeah. Sligavolt like, says 20... a rule book would probably sell better. At this point, yeah, probably. <laughs> An official rule book for I'd, 10 I'd bucks? Pay yeah. bucks. I'd, I'd pay 50 bucks. I'd pay 50 bucks for a rule book. 50? I don't know. That's a, that's a whole expansion. Assuming that it was impossible for somebody to like post it as a PDF somewhere in all of our mm. secret discords, I don't just get it for free. <laughs> like, there's there's this magical new technology. I would pay $50 mm. to know what's in that rule book. Hmm. Yeah. I think also just... Like in the age of the internet, if someone buys that, reads through it, finds that those nuggets are actually novel, that just lands on the subreddit, it's done. Yeah, right, exactly. right, and it is. So, like, assuming there's a world that exists where that's impossible to happen, yeah. What's mm. your What's your price? How much would you pay for an Overwatch rule book, knowing that that's the only way you could get that information? Uh, and I can't find out in my next issue of Nintendo Power. Oh man, so good. <laughs> So good. Um, I'd say anywhere from like thirty upwards to like fifty, maybe. I guess oh, if, if that was the only way I could get info. Yeah. If I can only get my info that way, then yeah, I guess I'd have to. It'd be more of an investment rather than mm. just be like, oh yay, I love Overwatch League. You know, it's more of like a, a, a business thing. How many Reich bucks, Yiska? Reich. <laughs> what? What is, what's your currency? Is it just euro still? Yeah, of course it's euro. Okay. What, what was 
Deutsche Mark. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. How many? My, yeah, yeah. How many? Uh, <laughs> Reich bucks. Reich bucks. Jesus. The second you said that, I'm like, I can't tell if that's. Yeah, true. that uh, is from a different German, my friend. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, <laughs> how many? Probably not at all. I, I don't think it would be that interesting to me. Fair really? enough. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. What a badass. Yiska's just a badass at everything he does. <laughs> I can't so help it. I, I guess the thing would be is that year on year, I guess it would change. And am I willing to spend 30 to 50 on a rule book 1.2? It's like probably not. Oh, yeah. No uh, way. No you know way. What I mean? Like the amendments to the rule book that happen like year on year, they'd have to just print more. So, yeah, I probably. Also, I, I apologize to the world for my insensitive vocabulary. <laughs> Reich bucks. We make fun of Yiska for being German. It's just part of what we do. It's about 30% of the show. 30%. Maybe, maybe like 20%. I don't know. All right. Let's, let's talk about what we actually have on track for the show today. So last week we discussed the expansion teams in the Atlantic Division. And, of course, we got some messages being like, hey, we want to hear about the rest of the teams, too. So we were going to jump to the Pacific team Atlanta, uh, Pacific team expansion, Pacific expansion team signings, but instead we're going to go through the Atlantic non-expansion teams today. That's what we're going to do. Sure. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be time. an awesome time. Big fun. Big fun. And lots of I like seaweed going on I here. It's going to be a lot that. going on there. And let's talk about the Boston Uprising here. Boston Uprising. Lame Boston. Boston. Yeah. What are there's we probably there's probably no other team in Overwatch League who had as polarizing of a um season than Boston. Mm. I mean, they went from going undefeated in what was it stage two or three i don't have it right off the top three to like how many wins in stage four like not not great started off really low as well like Mm -hmm. you know a team that has definitely seen uh polarizing success and a little bit of uh controversy when you consider consider uh some of the roster changes that happened at the dps slot throughout the season Mm-hmm. So, and again, we do need to uh, say this. We are discussing official signings as well as rumors, <sighs> meaning that you could wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden Gamsu isn't on the uprising anymore, and that, that could happen. But mm-hmm. assume we're just discussing the prevailing rumors from who we deem to be at least credible enough to discuss. Mm-hmm. All right. Have I done enough platforming here? Is there anything else that I need to like cover cover our asses for? <clears throat> I think Boston is one of those cases where they are probably as malleable at this point as some of the expansion teams still are. Mm-hmm. I think they're still not in a fin- absolutely finished state from what uh, what my understanding is. And yeah, it's very hard to say what the final roster will look like. I've heard so many rumors on all these players, like yep. um, who's still leaving the team and is being traded. Um, is someone moving to coach or whatever? That That is apparently all on the table. 
And yeah, the, the nature of this team could so wildly change that it's very hard to place them for me, I think. Yep. I'll try anyway. Um, let's, well, let's, let's talk about what we know, what we think we know so far, right? So mm-hmm. with, with the uprising, uh, Gamsu, Note, Striker, Kellex, Aim God, Shake, Mr. Bleeple, and Huck are all staying. Mr. Bleeple is Some kind of changing, is changing roles a little bit, kind of, right? He's still going to be yeah. actively like, what was he's it still like within the team, but he's at college or yeah, first, you know, yeah, he's going to be kind of like an advisory role. It's like when the CEO leaves, but like, I'm still going to be an advisor right. and my name's Mike Morheim. Um, yeah, like it might kind of be that type of situation. Yeah. Also, uh, kind of new ish is Neko may be trialing elsewhere. So mm-hmm. at, at this moment, we believe he's still signed with the Boston Uprising. Sure. But. Uh, Neko is kind of a blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I get made mm. fun of all the time, but at the end of season one, I said that Neko was the most underrated player. That was my pick for most underrated player in Overwatch League. Okay. And I didn't get that's laughed. Pick, yeah. yeah, that's fair. I didn't get laughed out of the room. I just got chuckled out of the room a little bit. Mm. I mm. think either, and I don't, I still, yeah. Anyways, we'll talk about that some other time. But let's talk about some of these new players. So right now we're looking at Axiom, Color Hex, so is this is it Blaze or Blase? Because accents I was told make I was told it was a Blase when he was an uh, open division because uh, this but but this is the thing, his team name was four twenty Blase it, and I I didn't know if that was more of a yeah. a Blizzard thing or if that was just actually his name. So I'm gonna assume it's still just Blase. Okay, <laughs> and then Gunba coming over to help coaching here. So. Given with some of these different changes here, I don't want to go over. We don't have to go over any of these specific, all the specific players. Sure. What was really interesting to me, Color Hex, yeah. New Zealander. He'll be the first Overwatch League player from New Zealand. Player, not including coaches and other uh, otherwise. Sure. Uh, another Toronto esports person. You know, even before it became the academy team for Boston Uprising, they always pulled heavily. From Toronto Esports because Huck is heavily tied there, right, Joe? Yes, he was a former um, head coach or GM, one of the two. But he was he was definitely in a managerial position there, and um, yeah, definitely looks to them to uh, scout players and bring people up. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that team because I think they're probably going to have to rebrand because <laughs> of, uh, the franchise. So we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, uh, definitely. Go, go like the like a gladiators legion route, where they're more Possible, directly tied yeah. to the. You're gonna have to tie to a little franchise. bit harder to Boston rather than right. back in Toronto. But I mean, Team know, CC does it for Shanghai Dragons. It's true yeah. that they do. So, I, that is interesting, though. Mm. But at the same time, I I know Yiska loves the comparison to traditional sports. Um, but like it, in the major league baseball system, it's not the Minnesota mini twins in triple a mm-hmm. ball. It's the Rochester something different, something that's completely different. And they just pull yeah. from that league. Um, but the important question here, Yiska is, is this a Boston uprising right now to you with these additions and, uh, the people that they're losing as well? Is this a Boston uprising that is improving? No. 
Um, so it really depends on who gets to stay, if they even can keep their level. Mm-hmm. I also think, okay, so I always say that the evaluator is almost more important than the evaluated. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if with the departure of... Uh, I mean, it's very hard to to understand or to see if, for instance, was Cressy the guy that picked these players or was he the, only the guy that like that uh, developed these players, right? Was he given what what uh, the organization gave him or what Ha gave him or what, was it his choice, right? So um, assuming that at least some of the responsibility for picking players was on Krusty, I think also some of the ability to pick these players is gone. Um, so another factors in that regard are also gone. And it also looks like that the market situation that we find ourselves in now, like come back to the idea of who was actually picked up by Boston Uprising was Gamzu, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Was Neko, um, Kalios, Striker, right? These sure. was it four Koreans? I yeah, think and might. then they added uh, Aim God somewhere yes. between stage two and stage four. So I mean, yeah, so those are the four. Yeah, nice. They sort of took the the those Korean players that weren't quite tier one talent at the time mm-hmm. and then developed them up, up there. Those tier, let's call them two tier, tier two talents, are all bought out, all by the expansion teams. That complete ground, grazing ground, if you want, is completely oversaturated. They've, they, they don't have the, the option of getting it there. So what's the next ground? Obviously, the Western regions, right? Mm-hmm. And I personally don't think that they will be on par with whatever the other teams have to offer. The question is, is their development, is their system still intact with the people that have left them, right? Because, for instance, I don't know if, like, Bleeple was, for instance, I believe the statistical analyst. Maybe he has done some work for them already in order to choose these talents, and maybe they found the diamonds in the rough that way. But I'm not sure how involved he is at this point, where I still, my information is that they're not done with picking players. And I don't know, like, Who's doing that now? That's that's my question, right? And yeah, I I personally think this this Boston uprising is not only worse than last year's Boston uprising. It is also comparatively worse in the hierarchy of teams because the, also the expansion teams are doing most of them are doing a good job. Sure. And the already existing at season one teams, they are also upgrading. And I'm afraid some of them are upgrading past what Boston Uprising is able to do. So, I mean, I think this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. I mean, the Boston Uprising obviously made themselves, made a name for themselves in season one for being this money ball mm-hmm. type team where you take these drastically underrated player who can, players who can play in a system and you put them in the system and hopefully bring out more than what people saw how they were performing individually uh, in competitions prior. Jody, I mean, do you think that this is... Do you think that we are uh, poised for a Season 2 expectation upset like we saw in Season 1 with Boston? 
I'm gonna lean. I I don't know, right? And that's the the interesting thing about Boston is that it it is going to be a big litmus test, like Yiska had mentioned. Yeah. Um, this is going to be the test of the of the system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there have been rumors floating around. I'm not sure too sure on uh, how substantiated and and reason they are mm-hmm. that uh, Krusty was uh, gone from the team before the beginning of stage three. And that's a big um, kind of credit that people often give him is that he kind of led the team to a point in stage three that they could go undefeated, which I thought was interesting uh, for, for that to come out. Um, so so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That maybe maybe they do have a, a stronger coaching staff than we had you know, already acclimated. But again, it, it's it's a rumor. We don't actually know. I, I don't like the line of argument here because I, it's mm. that's that would almost be like saying the the you know the 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 first quarter of a president's sure exactly economy is towards the like you can't say that that's on the new president probably isn't the system was in place sure like topical i love it the trajectory is there and even if you like remove the the you know the pillar that keeps mm-hmm. the trajectory up the tra- trajectory might go like this but it's still going upwards yeah. right so um yeah i don't i don't know if the re- absolute removal let's say that hypothetically right. of crusty for stage three would would necessarily mean that his work didn't bear fruits in mm-hmm. uh stage three and, and when you look at their players um, that they're, you know, potentially getting color hex blase um, Neko leaving the team, which was a, is a big uh, hamstring to them. It's kind of losing one of their, you know, better support players. It's definitely not. Yeah, good. I mean, I aim God is a pretty good slot. And I got to yeah, say, he's not like, bad, but yeah. do you really, you know, do you really want to lose another person that was, you know, fairly talented? Uh, it's up for, it's up for mm. debate, I suppose, but, just looking at them, I think it is going to be a big test of exactly what the coaches can really do. You know, obviously they're bringing in new people um, to kind of help filter that out. And, um, you know, Gunba has, I've, I've heard nothing but good things from people talking about his time on Valiant and even before that, very, very smart. Um, apparently did, did pretty well there if I, you know, only hearing good things. But for the most part, this roster just looks like it's a, a kind of a, a development cycle for them. So yes, it's going to be a, a test on the the eye, their eye test specifically, and uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not big on them to be honest with you. From just what we've seen so far, I can't say that I'm it's too terribly impressed right off the bat. It, there's a potential they could Boston up and you know flex real hard, um, but on paper, I think this is probably uh, written off as a as an off year for them. They're looking to scout new players, get them in. Uh, give them a you know a two year and then we're we're aiming for for season three but you know I, i'll i'll be impressed if they can make uh playoffs and i don't think that that i'll also i'll straight up tell you the way this is shaping up their season three will actually be worse than a season two simply because of the one plus ones yeah that's true the, the way that I'm looking at it is that they bring them in, they fit within the system. If they don't, you get rid of them. Season three, you're looking at a new peak Boston. Hmm. You have the systems in place with the players. They they fit well within it. They know what to expect. Um, you know, just from the the roster that they have listed, um, you, you still have to fill that out a little bit more. 
So I'm kind of anticipating some more signings for them. And I can't imagine that they're going to grab anybody um, that has that experience. And I think you do need that uh, to really um, do well. I think the league format's completely different from what people are playing in the tier two division and even in the tier three. So I think getting into the swing of very um, purposeful uh, practice and, and preparation for teams is, is definitely a new thing for, for players because, you know, when they play in a tournament or they play in, um, in group stages, it's different. You know, it's, it's a best of one. You're not, you know, really looking at what's coming in the future. It's it's just a different uh, preparation environment. So I think, for the most part, you're bringing in people from contenders from other regions, and it's going to be different. So fitting them within that system that we'll see what happens with, you know, it's again, it's going to be a big test. So we'll yeah. see. But my my long and short of it, TLDR, not not my favorite Boston Uprising ever. Boston so. Uprising finished third at the end of season one. For those at home who don't have mm-hmm. Liquipedia op- open right now, there's no way they're finishing third in season two. I just don't see that I'd as a possibility. Yes. I don't see them placing eighth or tenth. I think that's that's the ceiling. I if think you, I think really... yeah. I think if the system works, they place tenth. If the system doesn't work, they sit down. You know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I just don't yep. see that even the skill ceiling. Of these players, and no offense to the players, but there's just, I just don't see this as a team that is really competitive. And, you know, who knows what they're doing? Maybe they're saving up for more infrastructure for season three when you get into the geographical locations. Who knows what those type of changes are uh, mm -hmm. going to bring to Overwatch League overall? And, you know, for me personally as a fan, as well as somebody who, you know, covers Overwatch League uh, very regularly... Season three is really the season one that we're looking forward to, right? Season one and season two are proofs of concepts and really mm-hmm. just all about franchise building at this point. It's not really super important that you win if people don't love your franchise at the end of it all. And I think, you know, you look at some of the teams where, um, you know, like I would say the Florida Mayhem have done a great job of not winning but they've also done a great job at building a really passionate fan base down in the, you know, southeast part of the United States and that's going to translate to hopefully more money, which means that better mm-hmm. hopefully translate to better players, comma until we find out more information about salary, you know, there is some sort of soft cap that we we believe we know about uh, Overwatch League franchises where after you hit a certain Forget what the amount was. I thought it was like five to ten million. And once you start spending over that amount, you get like taxed a lot harder on every dollar you spend or something. I need to hmm. find my source on that again. Yeah. But are you are, talking about the roster slo- sources, like the the soft no. salary cap? Oh, yeah, okay. you're talking about the soft salary cap. Okay. The soft yeah, salary cap. Low. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. so like there's stuff like that exists, but I don't know. Like Boston season two, there's no way that they're improving. There's no way that they're bringing a third place team. <clears throat> okay, so like let's say this, right? We said last episode, I th- think already that this sure. was sort of like the the wizard young, you know, like okay, show us your the real deal. And if your money bowl approach works, this is the season where you show it. Mm-hmm. If your system works, Huck. 
and you actually make it a playoff team with the players we currently know. Yep, you figured it out, boy. Yeah. Like, I'll absolutely, be, I'll be happy. Undeniably, to undeniably true, right? So yep. if that actually happens, I I don't believe at this point that it's possible. But it, if if it happens, chapeau. Yep. Fair enough. Wow, we went. We talked a long time about the Boston Uprising. Let's talk <laughs> about the Florida Mayhem. Florida Mayhem. Oof. Uh, oof. Oof is right. Their inaugural season leaves them at seven wins and 33 losses. Second to last behind the Shanghai Dragons. So if you take an own 40 team out of it, they're last in the league. And by a pretty significant margin. Um, lots of changes here. Probably one of the teams that has changed the most. When Overwatch League began, they announced Misfits Ben Spoont as the... Uh, owners of that initial one of the first of the seven franchises in Overwatch League actually was the Florida Mayhem announced alongside of you know Robert Kraft and uh, NYXL. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that were there, but uh, they were announced as the initial seven. Um, the Misfits have a great partnership with the Miami Heat as kind of being something. So there's a lot of excitement, especially for those of you down in the Southeast part of the region. I know it. I know it. I'm advocating for you here. You love your Florida team as many times as they let you down. You love them. I get it. I understand. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I've, I've only ever been let down by the Minnesota Vikings. So I get it. Come in awful first season. Lots of uh, n- negative vibes being sent from kind of higher management on like Tavik driving the bus <laughs> kind of thing. Like that's going to be forever. The meme is which uh, player is driving the bus bus for the, for the man. Why, why haven't they like gone on that? Like, why don't Why not make like content around it? And just because the Valiant like, did it like, with in and out and it's just not accept funny. it like Philly and Valiant did, you know, just take it in because it's not and funny run with it. It is not funny. funny. It'd be hilarious. Every time I hear a uh, a valiant in and out reference, I just like (laughs) you're funny. How about you just uh, raise your professionalism a little bit? But they could make it kind of funny if they like accepted that that's a joke now. Like you could like, haha, look, you know. And they kind of have just like the players. I think have done that where it's like, oh no, we're going to in and out. You know who's gonna get cut? type of stuff where I think like if Florida really wanted to embrace the whole Tavik bus driver, you know, he pulls they up do and that for a up- walk in or something like that. Am I remembering uh, that wrong? I don't where, know where they had the players like buff behind I, Tavik maybe. and he walked in like he might've, I don't know. Anyways, if you don't uh, mayhem, that's for free. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, anyways, obviously an awful, basically, and so they signed this team, formerly known as Misfits, who had some uh, great successes in Western Overwatch. We could definitely talk for probably about 20 minutes just about how impactful those actual tournaments were. Mm. You know, it was it kind of the Dallas Fuel, um, Envy type rose-colored glasses where you see this is the best team in Western Overwatch because they won an Apex and they won a bunch of cleanup tournaments over in the West, right? You can definitely, there's definitely a whole conversation to be had there, but ultimately they signed this team 
very uh, Finnish, very European, didn't do well. Bring on players like awesome guy, Saya player, bring on a coach, Ryder. Um, still, like, didn't quite make it click. Played better. Definitely looked better on the second yeah. half than the first half. And then, boom, they're all gone. Just imagine everybody except for Tavik gone uh, as far as your Western players go. And now, I mean, they've signed some new Western players, to be fair. But that initial Misfits roster, gone. Yes, guy, I need to hear from you here. We've got, I mean, a, a ton of new, a, a ton of new talent here. You've got Zephyr coming back from the Soul Dynasty. You've got Swan. You've got uh, BQB, which we're not going to have the boosting conversation today. We're not doing right. it. We're avoiding it. Thank God. Uh, apply from the United States. Hagapun, mm. one of your favorite players of all time, as I yeah, understand. Part of the Triple H squad that Yeska yeah. loves so much. Oh, man. Uh, Masa, Chris brought in um, Bare Hands, GM yeah. for NYXL last season. Send God, Wizard Young to DC, send Bare Hands to Florida. What's your what's your thought here on the new Florida Mayhem? Will they a will they get more than seven wins? I guess kind of six when you account for the new um, number total number of games being played. Is this a team that's going to improve? So the thing is, I'm I'm looking at these names and it doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. So one obvious factor is what is Tivik doing on that roster is he actually learning korean what's going on there why are you keeping probably the only like guy that possibly starts i don't know uh like in a western team couldn't you have shopped him elsewhere did you want to stay there did you want to play in a korean team is that your franchise player whatever right like okay mm -hmm. th these questions if you have a good answer to those but fine right then they sign a lot of these players before even bare hands comes in so i'm not even sure obviously you can attribute uh the team building aspect at least to, to some regard we don't know behind the scenes but like bare hands was there for that so uh, it, for the nyxl obviously but you can't even attribute most of the team building here probably to him unless he was already working with them as a in a consultancy relationship before they decided to bring him on, right? So this team is... If I had to put a mean name on it, it's Wash Up Haspins. Every player at some point had some promise and then absolutely underperformed for the vast majority of time awesome guy last season was already huh and then actually went downwards right zephyr definitely had has been on the upwards uh, downward spiral ever since he uh joined uh soul dynasty back then um swan i i don't have too much to go on to talk about him here uh okay sire player that's your shining beacon in that regard bqb is not the worst signing. Apply won't be playing much unless you want to break off his um, his two way contract. Then Hagopion. So this is I, I I am interrupting you right now because this is brand new breaking news. Literally okay. twelve fifty nine p.m. It's one oh three. Let's give a big Boston welcome to our new Boston up player Blase. 
So okay, so it's confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I know you're on a rant. I get it. Yeah, but confirmed. no, no, that's fine. Welcome to okay, Overwatch. So backline. That's... What a dumpster fire! He's what an absolute it, dumpster. It is. Fire. It is strange to me. Like, like just okay. So one thing to to sort of take care of people's feelings, right? Sure. All that matters really realistically is trajectory. Is what is, how's your movement right now? Are you going up or are you going down? I'm currently talking about a snapshot on that graph of up and down. Mm -hmm. And the snapshot I'm seeing based on the data I have is very low on the y-axis, right? These players, both Hagopion, massive decrease in overall value as a support player. And Chris, he hasn't even played. He hasn't even played, right? So this guy's peak was when? Apex Season 2? Yeah. Hella good peak, that, though, by the way. Hella no, good peak. No, it was a peak. fantastic yes, peak, sure. but it fits for within sure. that theme of just yeah. a lot of players that had promise at one point, yeah. have fallen, and now we're trying to make uh, some sort of old boys you know, reunion party. And it... Eh. To me... The, the, this is still a gambler story all over again for me. And gambler even had a more legitimate claim to a roster spot than Chris has at the, at the time. And gambler didn't work out. So I, I don't know what's working, uh, happening I mean, he there. Did, he does have a long stint with Saya player, though. He does. He does. But I just don't think that. Yeah, are we yeah, bringing friends okay. in now? Yeah, or I don't, I don't to know. Feel, I, to feel si make Sire player feel less bad about being flattered in Fleshlocks? Whoa! Whoa, sir! Sir. I just, like, I mean, here's, I mean, number one, I don't think that you can say, I mean, how much better was, what, Zebazai and Zuba than these not. guys? I, I don't think he's saying that it's not an improvement from the last roster. I think he's looking at their individual careers so far. So like Hago Pin's career, he peaked uh, Apex season four in APAC 2017, massively dropped in London, didn't look good at all. Um, and, and now he's found his way onto this other roster. Same thing with Chris peaked in Apex season two. Metathena did could never find that same success has fallen off. Now he finds his way on on Florida. Um, well, I get it, and I get like Yiska yeah. is going to take the he's going to take the route of if I can't measure it, it's almost like assume the worst. And I understand that I get that, yeah. especially when you have you know great great um, case studies like Gambler, where you know easily one of the best comes into Overwatch League, and I mean, did he even like really play like? Nah, he didn't he didn't play that much and i think that we, he i think he if i remember correctly he talked about on length that it just wasn't what he was really interested in like there was a ton of work involved and he's like you know i i don't think i love this game that much if you know if I, if i'm not having fun with it you know i'd rather just we also didn't get to see hago's zen we didn't in overwatch league season one or sorry not zen ana uh, we didn't get to see that part of Hago. 
Which... I do I do tend to agree with it. that, and that's something that I've brought up a lot is that, you know, his end didn't look good. You know, it's the same thing with Jay Hongs. It's like, okay, well, if we put him on something else, does he look better? And there's a possibility, but um, you know, having having being berated to death enough times, I do have to omit that there are a ton of contenders talents that I almost think are better at those heroes than than Hago. So I'll be happy to be wrong and and him just completely um do really well but I, I still have to err on the side of it's still not going to be great for the It'll hago, be okay. for the hago signings there's a, there's a few um things for me that this reads number one they got him mm-hmm. on a really good deal oh yeah number two i think they emphasize his overwatch league experience sure. um a, a little bit more heavily heavily number three i think uh anna i think that they're hoping anna sure. is a bigger factor Going she, into she probably will be to be fair. Um, season two and mm-hmm. uh, number three, having Chris, assuming Chris takes one of his pre Overwatch League um, platforms as one of the best Lucios in the world. Yeah. Mm. I think that that's the bet that they're taking there. I think it's a risky bet, but okay, uh, so apparently, Joe, Joe the- here, here's the gun to your head. Gun you have to say head. now, gun mm-hmm. to your head, Boston. Or Florida, who finishes higher? Florida. Easily. No. Easily. Really? Easily. Oh, man. Easiest. Easiest. I don't think so. I look at Saya player. I look at BQB. I I haven't seen a lot of uh, Swoon. Swan, I'm sorry. Um, who was formerly Butcher, but I, I do uh, have fond memories. But again, that's this kind of team in a nutshell is lots of memories. Um, but I do kind of get the same vibes, though. It's it's funny you bring up Boston um, instead of you know Huck in the system. I'm looking at Bare Hands in the system. You know, if we're gonna you know attribute Bare mm-hmm. Hands and then the success of NYXL um, and and pair those off, then you know if if he's amazing, then this team should be great. We'll have to this see. Is a, but... This is a top. Like this is if they finish below twelfth. I, I I think I'd be willing to take that bet that Florida probably laps Boston. Yep, easily. Yep, Easiest I, I don't I don't agree with Joe often on this show. <laughs> I don't. I really like Yiska. No. I love How Yiska. How is it even possible? Like <laughs> Joe has a baseline percentage of being fifty percent on everything. How can you not agree with Joe? Joe's That's a gambler. Basically, Joe's a gambler. He's the right. The yin and the yang of the universe, dude. He's, you find some way to disagree with the yin and yang. It's impossible. I just, you know, like Joe, he, I love the way that you, uh, I love the way that Yiska presents his arguments and I'm much less emotional. I try to be anyways in, you know, landing my uh, predictions and stuff and Yiska, mm-hmm. no, like Yiska is typical German. No emotion Yiska's- from it at all. None. Really? Some, someone said, someone said a reminder, by the way, just after the season, how it looks or mid season or. Mm-hmm. Someone like, just like create a giant place. chart of where we're placing all of these. Also, yeah. let us know how many overlap. Like, I think oh, we have like eight teams at twelve. Yeah, we should do that for an episode and give and like create like a skeleton document yeah. and then fill out each one in the preseason and then revisit it like midseason and postseason just to see like what we thought and then what we think then. Sure. Mineral is still with the organization as of now. Yes, as of as of today. Chat. And again, like the coaching staff, it's Mineral, Ryder, and yeah, 
from i believe it was optic academy slash gga if i'm remembering that correctly um you know it's a coaching staff i don't have too much to say on that um you know i think there was a lot of who was it yes because i think you'll be able to remember um so who was it that talked about the the issue with Ryder that you know uh, he was like this this person that i am blanking on who it was um kind of was throwing a little bit of shade at him saying that like oh we didn't really learn anything because he kept saying we needed to learn the the fundamentals first do you remember who that was uh, that was Ryder, yeah yeah, yeah but who well, who's the player the okay I, I wonder if if that's uh, could be remedied with this team where it's mm-hmm. like now we can actually start with some coaching if that was the case. If not, you know, we're back to fundamentals, which I don't hate. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do have to take you on that offer and, and say that Florida is probably going to do better. I, well, I, look at their, I look at their DPS line and I go, OK, that's probably good enough. One thing That's that has fun. to go into your favor, Yiska, is that you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Koreans on that roster now. Seven. That's just the worst Korean roster in the Overwatch League. I mean, it's possible there's no, that they there's are. no satisfying. I, I, I mean, honestly, it might be. Yeah, it, it's it very well could be. I mean, a, like one of the worst full Korean rosters. But I still think at that point, they're it's better than what rumors we're hearing about Boston. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, like if they actually make a huge signing in terms of coach, don't hold me to this. Yeah, like, sure. the coach is, all this can change. All yes. of it can change. I don't Easily. think we have. Uh, well, I guess technically, all these player changes are confirmed. That we've discussed specifically for Florida, but for, if like Boston comes out and they're like, you know, we we got rid of we got rid of this player and now we're bringing in, you know, banger, banger, banger. You know, opinions definitely could change on that. So you know, fair yeah. enough. From what we know now, I'm saying Florida over Boston. Just saying Boston over Florida. What we'll mm. in my opinion, apparently doesn't matter. So well, no. you're in there too. That's why you mentioned me. I get it. I understand. <laughs> yep. You disagree with him once and suddenly yeah, I like, don't exist. You don't exist. It's on my blacklist. Unbelievable. Spiteful. <laughs> it's Joe Spiteful Volamel. That's it's me. actually his full name. His last name is actually Volamel. What, what nationality is that? Where does Volamel even come from? I googled. Okay. Funny story. Uh, we'll we'll tangent off of this. Um, I got my name from hitting randomize in World of Warcraft, rearranged it, and that's how I got Volamil. And then I Googled it years later, and apparently it's a German plant growth hormone. <laughs> I've never heard of it. I've never so, heard of oh, it. I'm sure it's not. It just, it, I don't know. Often, uh, it was authenticity in question. <laughs> so you're basically plant Viagra. Hell yeah. I like that. I like to concern myself more like plant Cialis, but you know, Viagra works. Nice. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, I, really, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a fun show. And uh, no, we're not done. We've got so much more to talk about. Let's talk about the Houston Outlaws. Houston? Houston! The Houston Outlaws. No changes oh. at Tank so far. Spree. Muma and Coolmat, I believe, are all still there. 
didn't mm-hmm. or did, is Spree still there, right? I don't know. I believe so. I no, yeah, yeah. He was just yeah, yeah. with Outlaws in London, wasn't he? That would be some cold stuff. Yeah. Uh, DPS, Linkster, Arhan, and Jake from last season, adding Dante from the San Francisco Shock supports Bonnie Boink and Rockus. The all-American support line right there. They're not American, but you know what I'm saying. They just mm. haven't changed, yep. and they're, they just, people just love them. Staff, Tyron, mm. Messer, uh, Hyunwoo, uh, Clockwork, saying, I'm too good at Tracer. Let me coach our Tracers because we need someone just discussing <sighs> Tracer at this point. And, of course, mm. Flame at GM. No major changes here except for uh, adding Dante really at this point, right? Yep. And letting go of f- uh, facts, right? Yes. Fact fiction. Letting go of fact fiction, moving clockwork to a uh, co- mm-hmm. assistant coaching role. And yep. Mendo still... Did that really matter, though? Still doing Mendo know. Still doing Mendo things. Yeah. Now he's just not clogging up a slot on the roster. Yeah. Just, do, just doing things. Two-way player, maybe. Season two. Who knows? We'll see. I don't know. Why no, not? I mean- why not at this point? Because their academy team is imploding on itself. Sounds like a reason to put Mendo in. I don't know. Like uh, this is so. <laughs> Yiska, this is a t- this know. is a thing for me. Yeah. Is where it is staying the same an upward trajectory for the Houston Outlaws here. No, staying the same in this Overwatch League climate is going downwards. No, Every, said- everyone's getting better. I just have a hard time believing that Dante is the best. Like, uh, like I just have. I a, think it's their best cultural fit. Cultural fit, sense. sure, but I don't care about cultural fit if you keep losing. <laughs> well, <laughs> they had a sort of solid season, and I think they believe they can come back to stage one. I mm. tend to disagree, but I'm I'm not feeling any particular way about Houston as a team. I think they have been pretty clear on what kind of system they want to run. They've stayed true to it. Um, like It certainly helps with uh, fan base building if you have a staying roster where the people can get familiar with them. It's mm-hmm. certainly heartbreaking when you know, the social media team builds up players and then all of them are gone after the season, starting from scratch again, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I don't even have that much to say about the Outlaws. I think in, in comparative terms... Or did they finish? Did they finish seventh this Somewhere season? Middle of the pack. Uh, seventh, eighth. So for the entire league, they finished seventh at twenty-two and eight. Seventh. So, Started off seven and three, second place in stage one. Went down mm-hmm. to five and five in stage two, four and six in stage three, and then back up to six and four in stage four. Yeah, they also not a team that can, can particularly peak high. I think. So I don't know if they can win that play-in. Um, they are just 11th to 9th for I me. I feel like this is a really consistently mediocre team. Yeah. I really do. I mean, you have like 7-3 and three to 4-6. and six. That's, your, that's your margin of error. And I think that that doesn't change in Season 2. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder... Okay, so this is the way that I'm kind of looking at it because I'm finding myself slightly a little bit higher on them just from what we've seen meta-wise right now. 
So we see Zarya becoming a much more viable uh, full-time pick, which obviously lends itself to Spree. Diva obviously still isn't going anywhere, so Cool Matt's still up there. Muma still very, very good flex or main tank. Dante coming in fills a role that they need. Um, Linkser, Maybe not as I would... well as anybody else, but yep, he fills a role. Sure. See, that's where I, I don't know. If like for instance, like if if we're going to snapshot this meta and assume that it's going to continue on into the future, um, I don't know of anybody else who I trust with the experience and the the kind of prestige with his Sombra to kind of lap him. You know what I mean? Like he he even made Sombra work for for San Francisco and looked pretty good at it for like there the first some... three weeks. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And stage four, like half of it. Sure. But I, I just don't know anybody else in contenders that would be able to be able to do that with the experience that he brings on other heroes and just within the league itself. So I'm not I'm not I, I, I like that. I do have to say that I like the Dante pickup. I think it made a lot of sense even in, you know, midway through the season and people were kind of calling for it. Um, I do think Linkser needs some help. Um, and I just don't why I don't know that he again, it's just a big consistency issue with him. It's a big like, yeah. One week he could be feeling himself. It feels like, and and that's not that's completely speculation on my behalf. But it, there's one week, you know, he he's completely feeling himself and he's popping off with Widow, and it's really good. The next week, it's not even remotely as close. Um, you can say that about a lot of people, but I feel like he has a lot more burden on him to be the Widow Genji flex DPS that I think you need someone that can just bring a baseline level. And and if he's playing well, um, you know, put him in. And if he's not, um, you know, maybe maybe let him rest for a little bit because he seems like the player that needs to recharge a little bit. Um, Arhan still doesn't make sense to me on this team. Um, you know, I'm glad that you yeah. know he works well with Tyrong, but... Never really was a big fan. His Genji, again, is mechanically fine, but it's a very stylistic Genji that needs a team built around him. I just don't think that's this team. Um, and I and I wonder what's going to happen with Jake. We've seen him pursue a lot more casting as of late. I don't know if he's being courted by the Overwatch League or whatnot. Um, I'd love to see somebody like Mangachu maybe step in to mm. fill oh, yeah. that projectile role maybe specialize in some other off picks and, you know, give Linkser a break if he needs one. Um, same thing with Arhan. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him um, maybe be benched for uh, a Western, you know, uh, hit scan specialist like Shax, for instance. Right? You, you think that with a Korean head coach and Korean coach mm -hmm. that they still are best suited by a Western prospect? I think w if you're going to have a ton of other Western players, yeah. If they were leaning more towards a mixed roster, I could I could maybe understand it, but Arhan being the only Korean on Honestly, the roster. Honestly, that's my question is, why do you have all this on your coaching staff? You, have, you bring in Tyron. You bring in um, Hyunwoo. And, I mean, and then you bring in Arhan after the fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you like still pseudo try to stay true to like this all Western, you know, again, something that Western people can cheer for and you've got a cool yeah. logo. Like, I, I just it doesn't it still doesn't make sense to me. I, I just don't understand why that, that that's what they're trying to do. I think you can have a Korean coaching staff um, 
and and, and have them coach uh, a Western mm-hmm. roster. I do think they'll probably need a translator at some point. Um, I think um, in some of their content and some of their shoulder content, Mezer was pretty adamant and talking about how he ha- kind of has to explain maybe what Tyrong's reasoning is to the players because there there is a kind of language barrier there. But we've seen historically in other esports that you could still kind of make it work. It's a little bit more difficult, but for the most part, if that's the the best person for the job, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I don't hate this backline. I really don't. I look at Boink, mm. you know, the statistical outlier. I, get to play. I hate this outlaws. Really? I hate this I, outlaws. I, 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 I don't I don't know why, but I'm I'm a little bit more positive like than 15th. I, I kind of want to be. Really? Fifteenth. What? This is a team wow. that this is a team that's flat footed. It's just hmm. flat footed while everyone's moving forward, making changes, understanding how this I, is, this I, is, for me, this is a team that says this is this is a team beating their head against the wall. You know what we mm. did middle of the pack last year. Let's just try to do that again. Mm. And then while everyone else is making changes, here's what we learned from all this stuff. Yeah. Ellis is like, no, f- you. We figured it out, and this is actually going to work. That's what this reads to me. And I understand I'm probably going to get a lot of hate from that. There's no way we're going to actually be able to tell until the end of yeah. season two. Go ahead, clip it, save it I'm- in your folders. Save it in your claim sh- chowder photo folder. I have a claim chowder photo uh, folder. Um, on one of those is uh, Doa saying that he'll never go see the new Matrix reboot. So I've got a claim chowder. I've got a claim. Ch- yeah, I've got a claim chowder really? folder. Jeez, oh, got a claim chowder folder. I'm fi- put uh, that in your claim chowder. Uh, folder. If they finish above fifteenth, I will be really surprised. And it won't be because I, they're I good. It's, it'll be because there are five other franchises who just completely misunderstood the Overwatch League format and how to succeed in it. I'll go out on a limb. You can quote me on this. Yep. Um, I, at first, season one, I marked them and Dallas as the two most overrated teams. I think Houston coming into season two is the most underrated team. For the reasons you just gave, because everybody looks at them and says, "Everybody, I don't no feel like I'm in a my, uh, I'm in a majority here. I feel very much in a minority here. Really, I do. Hmm. Maybe I'm just assuming that people kind of think, and and I agree with you. I don't don't get me wrong. I agree with your reasoning. I just look at don't like the final the placement pieces. of the. Yeah, that's all. I I do think that they could place surprisingly high if the meta is going in that direction to to give their support line a, a better can, choice. Can't you say that for characters. just about any team, though? There are a lot of teams that do get a bonus if this is, continues. Um, and I, and I, I, I don't know. I, I am pretty high on that support line and that tank line. I do have to say, I think their DPS just is, is probably their weakest lineup. Their DPS line is I think the weakest. Their DPS is. I think that... Um... We definitely saw their tank line get exploited um, in a lot of different ways. Like, I, yeah. especially stage one and stage two, you would look at Muma and Coolmat and be like, you know, holy sh- those guys, like, they they make even the best Korean uh, tank duos kind of look silly. They look really great. And I've, you know, talked and ranted many a time mm. on how good they look. And then you kind of see them. You kind of saw their their backline, and you kind of saw their strategy overtake the um, the actual 
tank line kind of being one of the, mm. those things. They relied a lot on Linkser. I know you don't, yeah. you're not high on Linkser, but they relied a lot on no, him. He's, 100%. he's the anti widow widow. And in, you know, two stages, that was basically about the better widow wins. You want somebody who cares what else he hits as long as he hits that other widow. I completely agree. And that was that's my big thing is if we can see a little bit more pressure, uh, you know, lifted off of his shoulders, maybe he becomes more consistent. Maybe maybe his his worries and his, you know, internal struggle that he has to sit there and, and hold so much of that hero pool for the DPS line on his back. Maybe maybe he becomes more consistent. Um, we'll have to see. But um, I agree with you that, you know, again, middle of the pack is probably where I put them. Um, I, I do think there's a chance that they could peak, though. I think they could maybe squeak into playoffs uh, as the wild card if uh, if the meta continues. If if Ana, if Lucio can consistently be picked as a mainstay support duo, I think they have a good shot. Fish in chat says I'm underestimating the value of growing a fan base and future ticket sales. Uh, no, I'm not. You just heard me rant mm-hmm. about the Florida Mayhem and how well they are doing that. And, and, and in the Boston Uprising for that, you just heard me talk for probably too long about how good these teams are, even though they might suck in season two, how great they are at setting up things in the future. So, oh. no, I don't think you heard that part. Thank you for your comment. But if there's anything unclear there, I was very clear about how likely I think it is that these teams, season one and season two, are preseason. They really are in a lot of ways. I will say this about Outlaws. What I've heard is they were very quick after a break to get back to scrimming and stuff. That wasn't the absolute norm for the Overwatch League teams. I think they want to grind it out, found out some of the weaknesses they had in the last season and are currently course-correcting for them because there's so much time to do that, right? So if that, I think that helps them to remain at their level in comparative terms, which is just below the playoff cutoffs. Yeah. I, then again, I think th- like to interpret their peak uh, in Stage 1 as a peak is probably incorrect, Simply because that that was the stage where people were still getting used to stuff, right? right like, yeah. so for them, because they were already all together and had it all together, um, yeah, I don't, don't don't know how much telling power that has in terms of their total peaks. And after that, it actually didn't look that convincing anymore. So they were close to being a playoff team mm-hmm. uh, in se- season one, and yeah, I believe. I don't think they will f- completely bottom out. I, I don't yeah. see that happening. Then again, I, I would have to once again th- go through my list who I s- expect to be there. And we're going to rank everybody. I think probably for like uh, an episode or two before yeah, Overwatch League to. Season 2 starts. We're just going to mm-hmm. literally go down 1 through 20 and talk through our picks. Yeah, we can yes. go like a triple blind and just be like, all right, who do you have at 20? Yep. And then list and yeah. then explain and then who do you have at 19 like that that's that's a that's like a mega episode though like we yeah, i would take multiple hours to do but yeah i days. definitely want to do that in the future days mm-hmm. worth of tactical crouch probably could we could go on for let's talk about the london spitfire shall we yes london spitfire champions at tank gesture fury rumored dps profit overrated uh birdring <laughs> underrated guard supports nuss bedosin krillin um, and then you've got staff coach eight one five. 
Brand new. Uh, Jayfield. Agape. Robin coming in at the team manager position. Presumably. Has that been debunked yet? Or is that still... No, no, that was always the case, I think. It was always, yeah. I thought Ro- with Robin leaving, leaving the scene, though. No, no, oh, that's no, no. different Robin. Different Robin? Why didn't you guys tell me this? I didn't know what Robin you were talking about. I, I was just know. like, there's too oh, many Robins. Like, Robins. He's like also a photographer, though. So that's why I was like, oh, maybe he's like super into photography. <laughs> Robin, change your, uh, <laughs> change your, your uh, thing. Handle. Yeah, change mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, uh, closer, gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's most recently and the rest of these teams, uh, the rest of these players were dropped in back in June. We lost who reg, who y'all Agapune, and tizzy, right? So uh closer though is, is new the 15th of this month. What? Like that's a week ago. Oh. I must've just missed that to the Dallas fuel, by the way, mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Um, so signing on then, presumably, so guard, they announced the next day, 10-16. That, I believe, is confirmed. Yes. Krillin confirmed on the 17th. Mm-hmm. So those two, guard and Krillin, are confirmed. And I don't think that there's any other changes there, right? Um, organization changes, maybe? Not that I've seen. No, not really, no. So no. that's it. So this is a team that's definitely not changing up too much here. Um, they probably don't need to. They won Overwatch League Season 1. It looked great. Mm-hmm. Did well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially in playoffs. Definitely had their ups and downs that season. Yep. Um, Joe, where do, you, where do you land here? Am I the only one who kind of wanted a little bit more with DPS signings? They're coming. I can't believe that that there's not more is coming. I believe they're coming. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I like I, I mean, don't I, have any information to go on, but I don't think I would gamble once again on Birdring. No. The entire no. season. I you know, again, that's like a floor to mayhem. I look at him the same way that I look at a lot of the floor of mayhem players. At one point they were amazing. You know, you look at Birdring, best tracer in the world for a couple seasons straight of Apex. That's fabulous for its time. But as of right now, he's he's a big game player, which is great. But yep. if you never make it to the big games, what happens? That's yep. I, I do have to worry about him. I think he's worth keeping on board, and maybe that's why they brought on guard. He kind of he, he feels like he fills out a similar role. I just don't know if he has a widow. Um, but I know for a fact he has a killer sombra, and I tend to to correlate a. a, a a proficiency in Sombra to at least a, a, a serviceable tracer. Um, but again, I, I look at profit. If he can continue to be the absolute monster, the, the stud that he is and just pop off with many heroes all at once, then fabulous. But uh, I, I do kind of feel a little bit lackluster about this DPS line, but everything else um, I'm super jazzed to see. I'm, I'm interested to see what this open division open division player krillin has to show Mm -hmm. um you know i think that's going to be a fun uh a fun little uh homage back to jonak if he can really be uh an absolute you know killer but Mm. uh and it'll kind of uh show what what lies in store for us in season three of of overwatch league where you know i can pull 
a, a no name open division player straight from solo queue and put him on my team and he can be amazing in his top six starter what what's what else is there out there you know who are who are some of the talents that we haven't even seen yet i think that's a fun narrative that i want to explore but um you know i don't hate this team i still think they're going to be high playoff division yeah um but i do i do have questions yeah so okay well if we're talking about okay so like real quick rundown yeah, yeah. gesture highly flexible sure possibly probably best tank in the world mm-hmm. fury very good off tank possibly awesome. top three in the world profit best player in the world uh guard very good sombra Bertrand, very high peaks but also predictably high peaks that's what i like about him nos if there's a meta where there actually have to be two flex support like traditionally yeah. like zen ana Ooh, he was bad dude like, he used to be a flex support for meta it was i believe right yes him and him and, Athena. and my lord he was for me one of the i i endearingly called him cruise ship anchors um because he him simply, and yes um <clears throat> so i'm i'm looking forward to what krillin can do mm-hmm. coach one eight one five is, by the way, very interesting because what people have to understand about a lot of these Korean teams is the head coach actually doesn't have to be super deep in the strategy of Overwatch or of the game they're coaching. They enforce good habits yes. with an iron fist, right? And if this guy, this guy could teach basically everything at this point. And then he always, over the time, now a lot of months to go, he learns the game. This, this could be a very good pickup, especially if you think you had internal struggles in that department, right? Mm-hmm. And I assume that's why, for instance, Lil Susie was brought on and it went slowly, you know, the trajectory went up, upwards for them once again, right? So, okay, DPS spot. You ready for this, Joe? You know who I want on that? I want to trade. Dante. You want to trade? I want to train. Trade for Dante. Oh, are you going to? I want Striker, my dude. I want Striker there. Mm, Over. Yeah, I could see that. Just on paper, I could see that. I don't know how much I like it, but I see where you're going. Yeah. No, I think. So just, just. to sort of substantiate this, right? Mm-hmm. I think as a Tracer player, Striker had an upwards trajectory, and in that, he was very consistent. Then obviously mm-hmm. the meta came around and he had to uh, sort of relearn his role as, and went with, with Widow. But once again, yes, the snapshot at the end of the season, wasn't he wasn't the best Widow in the world, but he went from really underwhelming to pretty serviceable in a reasonably you know, short amount of time. So I, I trust his tra- trajectory and I trust his consistently in consistently becoming better, right? So I think he could be the bedrock that, like, if you can get him now, just keeps improving and then is always there at a base level, possibly peaking lower than Bertrand does on some of, the, of these heroes. But that's what you want. You want the baseline player that has a very, very high... I, I made a video on this. Like I, I compared it to like if you want to get someone's feet wet, 
you either can raise the tides, meaning you can, you know, have it very consistently and the guy, you know, just becomes better mm. incrementally, or you can have huge splashes of waves and get the, the guy's feet wet that way, which is Bertring, you know, with his high peaks in Widow Play and whatever. So, like, this, this would be uh, um, quite interesting, I think, if they could somehow, I have no idea what it, what it takes, honestly. It takes a lot, probably. Um, but, um, yeah, if that could work, um, I'm hyped for this team. So where do you so where do you land them then, Yiska? Where do they land for you? I might have missed it if I walked away and you said this. But where do they land for you at the end? Easy it, top it, four. Yeah. Top four? Same. Honestly, same. Yeah. I'm so bullish on teams that win leagues. And when they make um, minimal changes, like it's really difficult for me to justify and say, like, yeah, well, they're not going to be that good, right? Next yeah. year or whatever. If they lost key players, you know, if they lose a profit, they lose Bergering, they lose Chester. Do you want to mention real fast? Not to not to cut you off. Um, is with Coach Eight One Five, right? He has a lot of experience in other games, um, but I, I worry, and I, you know, doomsday scenario. You're you're stepping as a new coach into a world championship team. Um, is there is there a an issue integrating him in? I mean that the roster seemingly, at least to me, has had ego issues before with you know having so much so to having to cut half your roster midway through the season. Um, is there is there any world where the coach is a hard add to the team because they're already kind of you know, bolstered by their own ego and maybe there's issues there. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's that, that, these are certainly questions. Yeah. Yeah. I still like just on paper. Yeah. Top four for sure. But there I do I have some questions that I'm, um, I'm glad we can agree. This is, this is always right. Like the ability for former champions to stay hungry is actually not that often achieved. No, let's say that yeah. like you, you actually like if you're a player that whose biggest dream was to win the Overwatch League, I hope you can shift to my biggest dream is to be the best player in the world yep. or in in the history of the game. If you can't do that, how you are you going to even motivate yourself to get something on the road, right? So yep. it definitely takes a toll on you. I think that's what happened with Envy. You know, you win season one. Now what? I've 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 achieved something no one else in the history of esports within the last ten years has been able to do. With mm-hmm. with something that monumental, I, I do agree with you. It has to be pretty difficult to consistently keep that fire lit and yeah. and be able to train like you were to get to that point. Um, so yeah. yeah, on paper, yes, love the team. I I'm a little bit concerned. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of moving pieces, right? There's 19 mm-hmm. other moving pieces all at once. This is it's not as simple as you know, even 12, right? Feels a lot more manageable. Mm. But we have eight new teams bringing in players who are mostly unsigned. We have 12 yep. other teams who are existing who are bringing in unsigned players, trading players. There's so much going on here. It's really interesting to me, Yiska, that you you know have said like, hey, that DPS duo is kind of underwhelming with profit and burgering and still put them in top four. Um, but you kind of, you justified a little, you kind of justified a little bit. Like I would rather see striker. Um, I think that could be the, the key piece, the key fit. 
Um, so that's kind of interesting to me, but I won't make you dive. I won't make you defend yourself this week. I won't make hmm. it happen. Right. I think you've done a, a well enough job um, here. Uh, let's talk about, though, New York Excelsior. Um, who knows? This might be our last one. New York Excelsior crushed the regular season. 34 and 6. Plus 83 map differential. Insane. Insane. They don't, though, in the playoffs, right? So, so how. So they lose to London in the playoffs, right? I believe. No, how did this. So, man, why can't I remember this? No, they didn't lose to London. They lost to. Um, so they get the bye and they fusion, lose to right? the fusion. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. They lose to the fusion 2 to 0 in a best of three. Hmm. First game was bad. Second game was a lot better, but still just couldn't close it out. Just lose yeah. two to zero. A team that only yeah. loses, only lost 11 mat. Or sorry, not that's not the right um, amount. Team that only lost nine maps the entire season. No, yeah. that's still stage two. Sorry, that's wrong. That's wrong. Why can't I find my all? Where's my all? Regardless, they lost 43 very maps. Down. 126 yeah. wins, 43 map yeah. losses. Literally Oof. three to one. Three mm-hmm. to one. Sorry, sorry again for all that crappy math there for a moment. Good, no so uh NYXL supposedly um not changing too much here. Nene unofficial. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't Nanahana. know why they have him as, as tank. Am I just lo- it, Nene. On the Reddit document they have him listed as tank. Yeah, because supposedly he's being repurposed to be a... Uh, really? Oh, yeah. I think that was an yeah. announcement, wasn't it? Formerly Tracer Widowmaker player for XL2, and before that, Lunatic High. Luxury Watch, watch Red. That's interesting. Uh, supposedly changing I'm not even it sure up. where this came from. Yeah. Um, can't believe that's actually true, but yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a big... That's a big... Interesting. That's strange. Hmm. I yeah. liked him. I, I, I thought he fit um, well with an XL2. You know, bringing him on board, he kind of uh, rivals Sabiolbi in that sense, and I don't think it's much of a rivalry. Um, so if you can repurpose him, if he has some sleeper picks that can be utilized at, at like flex, I guess it's worth a shot. But uh, that's that's a that's a whole new player. You might as well change his name because I don't even know how to grade him. Mm-hmm. wouldn't even yep. know where to begin i mean he has a lot of flexibility in that sense where if you're going to take a, a hit scan tracer role and just move him over to, to flex tank you can still run some sort of strange triple dps which we are seeing um in some of the the eastern regions every once in a while um some teams are a little bit more bullish than others but uh it's interesting to say the least i don't know how to feel about it but we'll see hmm yeah and then flower. Do you need four DPS yeah, what, though? Like I, I don't know if he if that actually is a thing. I can see flower not being on the main roster. Like yeah. that was that was my big question. Um, you know, the second they signed him to XL two, it was like, okay, what do they do with him past that point? Do they bring him on? Do they not? Um, I'm still under the kind of um, the theory that I think they're going to trade Libero somewhere. And they're going to bring him on. For a million dollars. I would never do that. 
Ooh, I would never take that chance. I'm not even sure if Peak Flower was better than Peak Liberal. I, I agree Let's with you. Especially what agree. we saw the like second half, well. for sure. Yeah. yeah. First half Liberal, yeah. we could arm wrestle on that. I would arm sure. wrestle mm. you on that. But second half Liberal, no way. Yeah. No way. He's such an Best DPS in Overwatch League the world. I'll say it. I'll, I'll say in for that really? those two stages, there's nobody... I think that played better. I would say just best Overwatch League player, best Overwatch player in the world. I at think that he, time. I think he's very valuable. He kind of Sorry. fills that same flutter role for me, where it's like you can put him on flex tank, does really well. You can put him on any DPS hero in the game, performs the at an above was so huge. average. What does, what does NYXL look like in a world where Libero breaks a wrist? I hope like, you like I think McCree. They, I think they still do well. Mm. not as good but not but, nearly as well yeah. with pine yeah on widow and mccree and that's kind of it and you just kind of hoping that genji yeah but like sabiolbi doing his best sweet yeah. sweet sabiolbi it's sort of unfortunate that the world didn't get to see his hanzo as well because like, it's very very seldom the case that every player i talk to just goes like yeah he is the best there's nobody that even yeah. holds a candle yeah I think again that was a whole as much as everybody jokes it's a it's you know it, it's as as much as everybody jokes about NYXL sandbagging they've been pub they were publicly announcing that they were sandbagging so I don't know how else we can look at that and say oh no they weren't sandbagging no no they were mm. there's they've but then the publicly playoffs. said that they mm. were sandbagging they're mm. hiding strats if you're if your best player in the world at a specific character that is so prevalent in the meta is not playing on his best hero i'm sorry you're hiding stretch you're overconfident in what you can do in that in that matchup you're you're, you're a little bit sandbaggy you're a little bit like uh, overly aggressive and greedy in that sense you're not putting him on his best hero and you're, you're messing up i think the thing is they were playing some hanzo they gave him eventually i think this is didn't say this might play have hanzo? Been- yeah, yeah, he some, did. Some. But like, that's also more like the calling structure or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. But I think like the late turn towards Hanzo and Brigitte as well mm-hmm. is sort of like I had a video on this this week co- between the perfect Overwatch because this is the pragmatic right. Overwatch. And I think they tried to play perfect Overwatch too much. Because they were playing perfect Overwatch when it was always going well. And it's very easy to then, okay, so let's take the foot off the pedal so we can burst into playoffs, right? And mm-hmm. suddenly, like, there's no gas in the tank. Like, we're, we're, the, the engine power doesn't work anymore. Like, this is not, like, I don't know if they, the, the wheels are off the ground or whatever. But they, they're not accelerating at the same pace anymore because perfect Overwatch, or the idea of it, right. just doesn't work as well anymore. So... Yeah, that I think that's what happened. And then as like what's the lesson from that as a future outlook? Well, that's hard to say because the one of the supposed maestros of that idea is no longer with the team. So I don't know what that means. I have no idea. Once again, so transparent. Is it Pavani who has all these like masterful strategies and he's really crisp like enforces these crisp executions and whatever and you know who is it and if if that can be maintained well i i'm inclined to say that nyxl was the best 
team in Overwatch in 2018. I think that's hard to argue. Uh, why not 2019 if nothing were to change? Because, like, it, it's very unlikely to be the case, by the way, because it, it's, it's very unlikely that Wizard Young just gets by on his reputation, right? It does mm. absolutely nothing. Of course, that's not the case. I think they certainly will have to fill that position as well. And I mean, their coaching staff looks very small in comparison to everyone else. Yeah. So I'm hoping they're filling that up. Let's talk about that. Um, I want to talk about that. Can we can we cut and talk yeah. about that really quick? Because Bear Hands gone, Wizard Young mm-hmm. gone. Now Bear Hands was GM. Now with the Florida Mayhem, Mayhem, Wizard Young. Formerly, what was his title? Was it analyst? Who? Wizard Young. Wizard Young. Was it was it was it analyst? Was it coach? I think oh, they I just had him as like coach. Coach, yeah. Might have been um, some form of a coach, but yeah. I'm gonna find uh, what it says here in their original press release. Um, I kind of almost want them to go the co- same. Yeah, route. just coach is what they called him in oh, the okay. initial. So, so you lose your GM, you lose mm. a, a coach who's not the head coach at the time, but is a coach. Apparently signed for a lot of money in Washington D.C. Um, you lose a lot there. Is I mean, is is that a big take here? I mean, they lose Janice on the player's side, <clears throat> which um, honestly, if there was a play, I mean, I don't know if there's a player to lose. Yiska, is Janice the one that you you lose if you got to cut one player from that NYXL squad? Yes, I think so too. Yeah. That's that's the player that I probably cut as much as I love Janice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's yeah. just the player that who who is the least instrumental to NYXL's success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But on the coaching staff side, I mean, you're kind of doing a, a pretty big restructure here. And it's hard to believe that your success in season one is based off of number one, just Pavane. Mm-hmm. Because your only other coach is Zet, who signed at the end of March. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly like he was there the whole time bringing right. everything. So it's either all on Pavane or you're doing some pretty big restructuring here going into season two. Joe, is this is this a big red flag for you for NYXL? Is this a team or is this more like London Spitfire where they can make these changes? They can keep their players mostly intact and still be a top four team. I do think they'll they'll be successful, but um, to speak on the coaches specifically, I kind of almost want to restructure them uh, so you can. I want to restructure them the same way that uh, some Korean LCS teams are restructuring on their coaching staff, where they're bringing in um, actually some just Korean teams and other MOBAs um, and other games are, are starting to do where they're starting to recycle some of the, the old talent from other games that just have a good mind for the game and the pedigree behind them, that they were a former amazing pro gamer. You have it on soul with KDG. He played brood war professionally, um, or at least uh, at a high level. Um, I heard today through the grapevine that, um, there's this MOBA being played in Korea that a former StarCraft II professional pro player is is now coaching for. So that's really cool. The Afrika Freaks head coach in League of Legends is a former Brood War like god. Um, bringing that level of like 
having someone on that pedestal that you just kind of have to respect because they've done so much elsewhere, I think would do really well for this team and then move Pavane to more of an assistant coach so that he can really start to focus more on the, the in-game aspects rather than trying to manage the players. Um, but yeah, bringing somebody in with like experience in another game to obviously add a little bit more, uh, maybe strategic diversity, uh, but also to really not put the players in line, but to instill uh, a very strong uh, sense of a, of a role model in that sense. Um, but yeah, I just, that'd be something fun. I'd like to see them do, but I do think they need some help on the coaching front. So, I mean, is this enough to bounce them out of like a top four team for you? <laughs> These changes. Here's another factor for you that should make you think mm-hmm. if you are an NYXF player, you win two stages, sure. dominate for most of the season. You don't win Overwatch League. That's that's a motivator. I yeah, I'm playing PUBG. No, I'm I'm quitting. I'm playing PUBG in my off time. <laughs> <laughs> These like I, I think what what Sebi Obi said after the final really mm-hmm. left an impression on me. And he they, I think he said something, it's not obviously a quote, but he said something this loss was the most valuable experience we had this season. Yep. That's not only baller, that's scary as hell. Mm-hmm. Sure. Didn't Pine say something that was like really deep and kind of uh, <laughs> well, worrisome? <laughs> like they, they lost the first stage finals against uh, London. London. Yeah. And they had this feature piece. They, look, people can look it up. I'm probably maybe over-dramatizing what he said, but... He said something along the lines after winning, losing the first stage finals against London. He said something along the lines of, "Why even exist?" <laughs> like that sort of tells you. To something be fair, about... post stage one, Pine did not trend well no. until probably stage four when again, right? Because he, exit... he like yeah. took some time off. He yeah. was having some struggle in here. Yeah, like... he went back to Korea for a while, right? Yeah. yeah. And quite mm-hmm. a few Korean players did. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, there. Are, I, I do so think there are changes. As, as deep as that was, like uh-huh. maybe he over dramatized it a little bit for some of the things going on in his own personal, possibly, uh, life as well. I mean, it's tough to go. I think what what was it nine and one in stage one seems mm-hmm. seems about right. Um, you go nine and one in stage one, and then lose to a team that didn't do that in stage one. I man. Was it eight and two? Could season, have been. I don't even remember season at this one. Point. Yeah. And stage one, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Season one, stage one, NYXL nine and one, Spitfire seven and three. Oh. Okay. Yes. So yeah. I mean, close enough. Tied with the uh outlaws actually. Finished behind the outlaws when Spitfire did. I remember that. We were all so, mm-hmm. I was so excited. I'm so excited yeah, for the they made playoffs. to do it. And then they lose three to one. Yeah. And then uh, Spitfire win an epic five game series. I, yeah. They yeah. were st- uh, the, the rumor, the narrative was that they went backstage after their, their kind of quarterfinal and practiced a whole bunch and just kept scrimming. Oh, and yeah. They just kind of that's burned right. Themselves out to a point where 
they they just were killing it so yeah it was a fun that was a fun one yeah it was it was a great i still think stage one playoffs might have been one of my highlights of yeah definitely uh season it was one. definitely one of the more interesting stage finals. one of the first like series to like really matter in mm-hmm. Overwatch League, and and they took it very seriously. Those stage two, stage three playoffs, teams had already kind of figured out, you know, hey, we can win a hundred thousand dollars now, win a play, or we can just you know play the long game here. Mm-hmm. And not that you saw teams take it less seriously, but there's just less showmanship there. I also yeah. think part of it was on the Overwatch League uh, broadcasting team, where again, every single stage like. Stage playoffs should feel like end of season playoffs just to like the 75th percentile of what that should be. And instead it's just like, hey, it's just another day. It's just extra. That was before they did uh, stage playoffs at the on a different day as well. Yeah. Remember that? They did that directly after. So yeah. They, had to play they just went boom, 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 boom. That was a long day. Because that was a good idea. They changed that. Um, interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, man, I don't, I don't know how long we've been going here. It's been a while. Hour forty-five, I think. Hour forty-five. Do we want to just guess. do one more? Finish it up. More? We've got one more left, I believe. Yeah, right? of course. If we would get one more left, then let's do one more yeah, and then finish it up. Talk so about the a... fusion a little bit. Hmm. Fusion are going to be that last team here. <sighs> Uh, Sato, Fraggy, Poco still at tank. Snilla, Carpe, and EQO still at DPS. Boombox and Neptuno still at support. Elk. When exactly did Elk come on? Um, mm, not too. Was it? It wasn't during. It was Wait. the 25th of September that he came on. So put, mm, definitely. Yeah. So he would be the only signing on the actual either yep. rumored or otherwise he's also i believe he's a two-way player yes he is so yes. we probably won't see a ton the, of him was so he the again, first two-way player might have been yeah maybe. at least maybe publicly said so yeah maybe hmm. um trying to look here organization nothing's changed there, I mean, I, this is a team that really hasn't, you know, Shadowburn, Dayfly, and Joe Meister gone Gonzo. beginning of September. So they've been mm-hmm. gone for a little while. Added Elk, end of September. Everything else has stayed the same. Hotba going to Guangzhou. Yeah, their first signing. Their first and only <laughs> signing so far. Their only signing so far. Hotba. Uh, Hotba. That's the one. Uh, so, I mean, hey, this is a team who uh, obviously did pretty well in Overwatch League Season 1, if I mm-hmm. uh, must say so. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find my exact... I want to look at those playoffs here. You know, lose to, lose to the Fusion, or lose to the Spitfire, 2-0. to zero. Beat mm-hmm. NYXL, 2-0. to zero. They kind of they they were kind of deceptive, a little bit. Six and four, stage four. Five and five, stage three. Yeah, they're the big sleeper team. Seven and three, stage two. Could go like two and three with Shanghai, and then end up being second. Yeah, I mean it it very very well with those types of records. It's almost identical to Houston Outlaws. 
Hmm. Could have been the yeah. Houston Outlaws. But it wasn't. Also, uh, Fusion missed preseason. Had some very, very, very interesting um, kind of issues getting started, getting going. Bring in mm-hmm. Sato, who's banned for like the first the first 30 three some sta- odd games. Yeah, 30 yeah. of the 40 games, so the first three stages or whatever. Kind of an interesting thing, and then they're going, you know what, we're not going to change a whole lot. At least we're not going to leak a whole lot. Yeah. Going I, into season I, two. I kind of expected this team to get ripped apart. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, I should I should um say they are getting a player for Hotbar, right? We just don't know who it is yet. Maybe, yeah. I believe that it's that's possible. I believe that was the <clears throat> announcement. Oh, um, really? They're going to replace him. Hmm. I'm going to see hmm. for sure. They they should probably sign a couple of players. The yeah, Fusion no, have tra- so the Fusion said the trade alert, the Fusion have traded Hotba to Guangzhou, the new expansion team for Overwatch League. They hmm. specifically use the the word trade, the, the yeah. term trade. Same time, how do you trade with the team that's doesn't that have players? Signed anybody? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'm getting a whiff of either some BS or just not using the right just terminology. A, yeah, young terminology difference. Yeah. I don't know. Just it's. It, I do have to say it is weird. But if they are going to be, you know, if they've been purposeful in the past of, of using specific words then i guess i have to take them at face value and say okay if there's a trade then i'm assuming you're getting something in return um what that could be i have no idea but um i don't know i looked at this team and i'm like oh man look at all these awesome players that teams could just you know pick apart and then philly goes on another crazy scouting spree and pulling people from south america and japan Good. You know, and they've got a track record of doing really well with talent scouting. So I kind of, I kind of expected that of them, where they, you know, built these players up, and now they can ship them off to another team. But yeah, I, I kind of, I do have to look at that back line. Neptuno played really well, and you know he's going to be able to to flex off on a lot more heroes other than specifically just Mercy, which I think is a great thing for him. Boombox again. Is Zen's okay? Zen, you know, is the original Jonak in a sense, you know, the the person who really put Zen on the map. But I don't know what else he kind of really stands out on. So I think having someone else that's consistently there and not just Elk um, probably would how do, you, do... How do you feel about Elk overall? I've, I've heard really polarizing yeah. opinions about Elk. On the one side... Elk is like the second coming of Christ sure. in Western support Overwatch or whatever. Like It's just really important to them. They love Elk. On the other side, it's like he's a great mind. He understands the game really well. He has mm-hmm. very uh, decent mechanics, but he's he's more of a a coach rather than a player, at least long-term. His stock is long-term right. in, in coaching and leading rather than playing. Uh, that's, that's a pretty broad spectrum here. I need, I need a place to sit in reality, Joe. I'm hoping you'll put me there. I think he is good enough to play. Like clockwork good enough to play or like, no, 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 no. Like he's better. 
he's he's a starting member of this team if they wanted him to be i do find it strange um that he isn't because if i'm remembering correctly i think he is of age i just think they've signed him to a two-way for some reason um why not because they think he'd be better just to play unless they unless they're going to sign somebody else i mean it doesn't matter right if you sign him as a two-way what's the downside if they play overwatch league the whole time because they're that good well then, the two-way is pay some extra money. Yeah, right. Because the two-way contract is just you have to pay them the minimum salary. Sure. In both. Sure. As far as I remember, again, I don't have it all pulled yeah, yeah. up in front of me. So please correct me. I could hundred percent be wrong here. And my understanding is is that two-way contracts are, um, you know, ultimately, it's not about like switching players all the time. It's more about having having the ability to call up. Um, yeah, but you can only do it twice a uh, yeah. stage. And that leads me to kind of assume that they're probably... N- if you're going to sign a two-way they player... They do take a roster slot on both teams. Dreams as that. that. That is a very good point. They do sure. take a roster yeah. slot. Mm. And that is strange. Not that, that we see a would... whole lot of subs and contenders anyway, but... yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what's strange to me is like, why would you sign him as a two way player if he's just going to play anyways? Unless that's some like legal loophole, but I don't I know. Mean, it, it's strange to me. Is the value of having an extra player who's Overwatch League caliber to play on your academy team worth the, you know, let's, let's assume that the money overall is negligible. It's just like, unless you're going to sign the full amount, it doesn't hurt, right? Unless you're going to f- sign a full roster, there's not really a downside there except for money and losing a slot. Yeah. I think this is one of those teams that's probably waiting to announce some some changes. Um, I actually don't know anything about them, but I, no. I would assume that something's probably got to be coming. That's also, that really speaks for the quality of the organization, by the way. I like I like how they handle things. There's very mm. few drama stuff coming from them, other than obviously the Seto thing. From Philadelphia? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think like it's it's they're very very quiet. They just do, you know. They're not mm-hmm. boasting or whatever. Like they're not showing off anything. They show up, they kick ass, and then they're you know in the finals somehow, and th- that's all fine and dandy. They do it very in an unorthodox way. They take players nobody would have, you know, even even tryouts to. I mean, th- th- all of this is. Um, like hugely promising and also this is important to say they've kept that machinery as one right mm. all the coaches are still with them and whatever and if like i that's your that's your hope i think if if i'm for instance an a south american player or if i am a uh australian player mm-hmm. and i get tryouts and i'm even so good that I can get actually offers for Overwatch League. Well, if one of those is Philadelphia Fusion, I almost don't care who else says anything to me. I'm taking the Fusion deal. Because they have a proven track record of taking these talents nobody believes in and making them, both in EQO and Neptuno's case, some of the best players in the league. And I want to be part of that machinery in that situation, right? Oh, yeah. The and the fusion are really interesting, and they probably have the most support staff out of any other Overwatch League team at this point. 
right? So you've got uh, Tucker Roberts, who's the president. You've got uh, the Lonious, who's team manager. You have Voyager, assistant team manager. Of course, we've got Chef Heidi, but we'll ignore that for a second. Uh, then you've got Kirby, named Y, Hayes, Beezy. Got all those, all these people doing their, uh, supporting the organization in that. You've got three streamers, um, Kabaji, Hunmaro, and I think Imong, right? I think Imong was a pretty recent, not recent, maybe like back in like June. Um, Stuff like they've got a lot of, I like a team that invests as much in infrastructure as they do in players. I yep. do. Mm, yep. Um, mm. That's something that I love. I come from small market football. I come, well, not really small market, but like, um, you know, just like this very like fundamentals state. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Wild, Minnesota Twins. They're all like this very fundamentals types teams. And so maybe I've just had this ram down my throat. But I look at it and I go, for the long-term su- success of a team, you need to have as much um, invested into your support staff as you do n- into your players. Ultimately, you're going to find you might trend downward or whatever. You might not look great your first season. I think the Philadelphia Fusion got a little, I don't want to say lucky, um, but I also don't want to say they plan to be in the grand finals of season uh-huh. one. <laughs> like with uh, the players that they picked up. Like, I think that there, there was very much a, let's do well this season. Let's just not, let's be on the upper side of the, the top 12, but let's make sure that these players are set up for success. Let's make sure this organization is set up for success. Let's make sure that we've got an infrastructure to support them. Let's make sure we've got an infrastructure to support our fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's build a brand outside of this, bring on streamers. I can't tell you how successful they've been with that whole, like, Hey, we've got the Philadelphia fusion streamers kind of thing. I can't tell you how successful that that's been, but I admire. Mm. I don't know if there's a franchise that I admire more in overwatch league right now than the Philadelphia fusion for a team to start the season as poor as they did. Missing preseason. <laughs> no preseason, yeah. No yeah. preseason, just a giant meme of an announcement video. Predominate. Yeah. Really awful social media there for a little bit. Sorry guys. If you're no, no, no. But it was just, that that whole like rolling into it. I appreciate it, but you shouldn't have rolled into it. <laughs> but I but I do think they ended really, really strong and I and it's just a testament to what you're saying that you know, they they are approaching this very intelligently, the same way that a lot of traditional esports teams have have done very, very well. Bring on the brands, bring on the, you know, the relatively popular streamers. I wouldn't I don't know if it's allowed, but I wouldn't hate if they went to Fortnite, grab a streamer there, you Why know, not? expand it out. I wonder if they can't. I, that's what I that's. Yeah, I bet you I, they, I, I bet you they can't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, it's a shame, but yeah, they're making a new franchise. Like, there's otherwise, why don't we see a LA Gladiators yeah. Fortnite squad? Exactly. I mean, um, to be uh, well, you that's a funny point because I do think that in that same ownership group, I think they actually do have a Fortnite team. Oh, I believe it. I mean, like, they have Misfits like a, they have has a to have a bunch of stuff of too. Like, you yeah. know, there's a bunch of these endemic esports organizations that already have existing teams that obviously yep. didn't drop them. Cloud Nine, obviously, very much still yes. alive. Yes, but there's a very difference between the B between being you know a Cloud Nine BR team and a uh, London Spitfire BR team. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we Joe we what I mean we talked for like three hours one night <laughs> about just franchising and esports and mm-hmm. we should have recorded that because that was something else. 
Um, Mostly the takeaways were just got to be smart about it. Yeah. You know, establish the brand elsewhere, even if it has loose ties, you still have to, you know, be able to sustain yourself in other yeah. titles because, you know, as much as we like Overwatch League and perhaps maybe we'll get more news on this in the future, um, games have a life cycle. And if they don't oh, see some don't injection, say. yeah. And if they don't see some sort of injection of of content or a, any form of large update, they tend to go by the wayside pretty quickly. So investing upwards of you know fifty million dollars into a slot, not to mention the overhead cost, um, you know that's a, that's a very large investment for anything from three to eight years. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see more teams uh, spread out and really build a portfolio instead of just banking on the Overwatch League to to make a buck. So yeah, there's your business talk for today. There you go. So let's just to round this all out before we uh, end it here. The Philadelphia Fusion finished six overall um, in the season results. They go into the final season playoffs. Right now I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to uh, find the season playoffs. and I'm not going to be able to. And that's going to make me really, really angry. Well, they, they beat London. Yeah, they beat New York. And they get second, right? They lose to London yeah. overall. Um, so they beat Boston Uprising. Mm-hmm. They beat New York, lose to London Spitfire. Mm-hmm. There. This is a team that ultimately finished sixth, I believe, in the in the entire the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then finishes essentially second in the playoffs. In yeah. the playoffs. Netting yeah. themselves how much is it? How much do you win for that? Four hundred thousand dollars, I believe. Yeah. So not, you, not, you win a good chunk, but this is definitely a team yeah. that kind of trended middle of the pack and then just kind yeah. of had this end of season burst of something special. Hmm. Is this a team? Where does this team land for you, Yiska, at the end of season two? Like, is this a team that, you know, with the very minimal changes to their infrastructure? Are, like, to me, they read like a team that still finishes six and four. You can catch them on yeah. a good weekend on playoffs yeah. if they're playing well that weekend. Yeah, they could win a stage playoffs. Yeah, but they yeah. still won't go um, nine and one. Yeah, I think they are one of those teams that okay. So obviously, it would very much help for my forecast to know if, for instance, the play-ins had a meta switch. If yes, Fusion has to be considered the the team that under that volatility gets the best results they definitely make that play in right so um yeah i think it's quite likely we will see them in playoffs again i think a lot of those players didn't get worse at all i think they have a couple of problems that they need to fix um in terms of like roster recruitment in order to be this flexible as they also were last season and then you know to apply these um these um, certain strategies that you need in certain matters. But yeah, I, I think in general, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm counting obviously how many pl- teams I already called playoff teams, but I think they should <laughs> be one of them. It's fine. Right now we can go on guts individually. Eventually I'm going to make you, you know, combine them all and give me a list. But for right now you can say every team's a top four team. And then, yeah, that, and then clip that. That sucks. Clip that. Say, yeah, it's a top four team right there. And then clip the four teams that you said that for that actually finished top four and be like, I told you so. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. Overwatch analyst right there. That's how it's done. 
Uh, yeah, that's gonna Less. be a really, really good time. I think. Um, overall, I think for me, you know, I've kind of already said it. Like, I could see them anywhere from like seven to eleven, seven eleven. There, where it's I just I don't see them being a top tier team. This is also a team that seems to be the most professional about their leaks. As much as I yeah. love leaks, like, yeah, I also love an organization that can can control their leaks because that speaks to me as an organization that is loyal. Yes, um, and that's really important um, to me. I come from a long experience working for Apple, and then um, right now with a company that very much value values that like loyalty, that privacy. Mm-hmm. We might see three or four changes here. We might mm-hmm. we might see some new players coming around the corner. Possible, possible, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Like I, I don't see a bottom half team here. I just man, it, it's a one through ten team. Like it really, it really could be. Um, Joe, what do you think? I kind of do have to peg them at least for playoffs for the most part. Um, no one, while there are teams that are being added, um, I, I do think to Yiska's point, when the meta changes, I can count on Philly to at least bring a certain level that other teams maybe aren't going to be able to. Um, they just have a, a, a consistency about them that I, I really enjoy. Um, if you get me another support, um, I like this team a lot. Um, mm. Not to say that Neptune or Boombox are, are you know poor, but I think that yeah. having someone else to fill out that support line, if Elk isn't going to be the person, because if he did, I feel like you probably wouldn't sign him as a two-way player. I think that's more of a... I think that's more of a lockdown versus I think you should come to the Overwatch League team, which is strange. I think a lot of people are really interested in Elk um, just from the community sentiment. I think mm-hmm. teams would have to look at him regardless, um, but he has the skills to back it up. So I think he was really, really sought out after. And I think they're bringing him on as a two way just to be like, okay, you know, well, what if we did this and you can stay with this team and still do really well? So I think it was more of a a long a long term move. Maybe if they do like him, they bring him aboard. But as of right now, he's a two way player, which kind of means to me that he's not going to be a starting member for this team. So bringing on another support um, is my my linchpin, and I think that um, I think that they will. I'm still bullish. I'm still bullish on the two way player thing. I don't think that that indicates a whole lot except for the fact that if a player is underperforming, I'll be I'll be happy to. They've got the ability to. Yeah. Make something happen. Like, I don't think that's, hey, you're not good enough to play here. And so it's I like, think you they know, only get here, like, what, two games the... before they get essentially signed to the Overwatch League and they can't play in contenders anymore. I don't care. As a, as, I don't care. If you're, over, but, if you're overplaying in contenders, come on up, buddy. Come on. But why not just sign him to a, I don't know. Because I don't know. I need a leader. I need a leader down there in Academy. I need somebody who can do that. I've got Neptuno. Yeah. I've, I've got, um, oh my God, why well, can't I remember the other supports team for the fusion? Boombox. Boombox. Yeah, I've got these people. They're good. I know that they're yeah. going to perform okay. They've performed well in the past, but I like you, kid. And I might want you up here in season two. 
I might. I don't know. I feel I like might. if you can't make that decision within like four <laughs> to five months, like, I don't know. No, I mean, so much changes. I know. So much changes mm-hmm. in Overwatch I, I, League. I, 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 want, I want to hedge my bets. I'm a safe guy. I'm a guy who goes and bets table minimum at Blackjack all night long, makes smart plays, plays by the books, notices when that card count is getting high, and I start hitting bay, and then boom, come on over. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend that extra money a little bit, get a two way player, be like, hey, play down here. Or play up here, whatever. Uh that's not what we want to go back down there. You're playing really well here, come on up. And if if that's the case, then I I still do think you need somebody that you're confident in being a starting six member. If if I can if you can give me another starting six support member, I I think they're very clearly a a playoffs team. But until then, um, I think we'll have to see. I think there's a lot of ambiguity though, and that like the thirty to seventy percentile, where there's a lot of players where it's like honestly two good series at Overwatch League is the difference between. And an academy level player and an Overwatch League player, because it is so difficult to measure. Yeah, I really do, and I, I know I'm well, going to get. Well, then you can I'm just gonna, bring Elka. I'm going to get for that. I know I'm going to get for that, but like, I just like, I just. I think, sign I, if I'm if I'm GM for Philly, I sign someone who I'm confident in, and if you know he doesn't work out, then I bring Elka. I, I guess that's it. I, if think if that's, you're gonna... I think that's part of it. I think if, meta changes are another part of it. And I think sure. if Elk overperforms an academy, then bring him I up. I think that's another part of it. Sure. Yeah. I, I it, That's just the weird thing for me is the two way player thing. If you're going to sign him as a two way player and you're going to bring him out anyways, why not just sign up? That's because, just a weird thing. Because you don't know. And you also don't know how your academy team looks. And, you know, there is money to be made as an organization no, I, and academy. I agree. I agree. It's just strange. So it, I agree. It, that, that's just my 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 thing. If 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 I can get another support for this team, um, and perhaps maybe another strange uh, specialty or a specialist for DPS, I think the team's very very good. I just think a player goes. You know what? Hey, coach, I want to play a lot next season. I want to keep improving. True. I True. don't know if I can improve in scrims and practice at the Overwatch League level. I don't know That's if fair. I could be my, my best player, but I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to play down in Fusion Academy. I think that's... Um, uh, so, super tangent. I think that's really, really intelligent, but do you worry when you hear that as a coach? Like, oh, I don't know, coach. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. Okay, when are you going to be ready? I I don't think you, you know say I mean? I'm not ready as much mm-hmm. as I think for the way that I play and the way that um, I best learn, I would rather have more live time than this passive practice sure, scrim sure, sure. time. I agree. I agree. And I think that's man, intelligent. What I would give for a player to even have the guts to not feed me shit, Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I, if I'm being but, honest, if a player comes out to me and says, you know what, coach, like, I. I really want live time. I want to be the head of a snake, not the tail of a dragon. That's what I want to be. And I can be the, you know, I can be the head of a snake down in Academy. I want to play at overwatch league level. And if I'm playing that well there, if you guys need help there, I will be there for you. I believe in the Philadelphia fusion. If I hear that as a coach, like, dude, you're going in my fave five. 
Really? You go into my fave five back to like 2003. Remember the fave five? You got five people that you can text or call for free all month long. That, per- <laughs> that player is going into the fave five right there. And what do you think about that, Yeska? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold. About what specifically? Like if, if a player comes to you on a, on a metaphorical team and they say, you know what, coach, um, I, I'd rather develop a little bit more before I get put on the main roster. Does that worry you at all? Rephrase. Rephrase. Okay. Rephrase. You come up to this player, player who's yeah, done right. well in, in contenders. You say, you know what? Hey, son. I want to sign you to an Overwatch League team. I want to talk to you mm-hmm. about uh, a, co- a contract with the Philadelphia Fusion, second place in Overwatch League. Right? I want to talk to you about this. You are prolifically known as one of the smartest people in contenders. One of the smartest minds, at least as a player, in contenders. And, and I lay three options in front of you. Continue playing contenders. Come on to our Philadelphia Fusion team full-time for 60, 70K, close to league minimum. Or, you know, make a little bit less, like 50 to 65K. Uh, But come on as a two-way player. You continue to play well there, you do that. You you come to that player with with that mindset. The player goes, you know Uh what? I, you know what? I kind of want to be a two A player. I think I would benefit the most from this situation. Um, from playing in contenders, I would rather play in the heat of the moment than to play these fake games off and hope that I can play beside uh, Neptuno and Boo Box and and your already existing support lineup. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's some value in going for the two way contract simply because, like, I think there are a lot of players signed to Overwatch League teams that never really had then the chance to show themselves ever again. So they, those people will also be very, it will be very hard to, for them to come back onto a team. So yeah, that is, that's my, I think it might make sense in some French cases. Yeah. And I don't think it's such a bad thing for the player to say that, even though it might reveal some, you know, choking issues in the future is just, just because he doesn't have the mindset for it yet. Yeah, that's possible. And maybe, maybe you know, you're, you're I think just from that conversation, you're definitely selling me more on the two-way, you know, if a player comes to you and, you know, they're not the most confident in the world. Um, I think it is important to kind of inspire them in that sense and say you know what you know if it doesn't work out you can always go back down but you know giving you that opportunity um just to see how how they like it um is important so yeah yeah that's it's i think you sold me a little bit yes we did it all right we got to get out of here though this has been a long episode we're coming up on like two hours and 15 minutes but we're not going to be doing a show next week keep that in mind you will not have a new uh, episode here. So we just gave you an extra long one this week. Talked about what I think we hope to talk about a little bit more. But uh, we still talk through all the Atlantic Division teams. We're going to start with Pacific Division teams. What is that? The uh, 5th, 5th of November. Yeah. That's going to be Shortly after fun. BlizzCon. Shortly after BlizzCon. Yeah. Joe's okay. going to be there. I am, I am. I'll have Yiska to. Yiska uh, and I will probably not be. I might be moving out there. 
So like I might Ooh. just show up. You should. Who knows? I've got a press pass waiting for me if I can make it there. Ooh. Nice. But I just I don't know if I can make it there. I've got this little dog to take care of back here. Just a little? Is it little? 130 pounds. Hi, Choach. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) He's like, what? Do your show. Love me. (laughs) Thank you guys for hanging out. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys had a good time. Uh, Yiska, you just posted a new um, you just posted a new video this morning, right? As did Joe, by the way. As did Joe. Check it out. Go watch Jessica. So what are what are the ones? What are the show? What are they about? San Francisco shock. San Francisco shock for Yiska. Joe, what's it about? They somebody asked a question about Paris, and I elaborated on my thoughts about Paris. So go go French. You don't have to hurry. Jeez, we got all the time in the world. I mean, I know Yiska's tired. I heard the music, dude. I just hear the music, and I'm like, I don't know if it's gonna ramp up. Quick. Like, yeah, no, it won't. I can fix this whenever I want. <laughs> like, that's the beauty of this thing. Hashtag go XOR. <laughs> yeah, right. Hashtag sponsored, except not paying us a dime. Except not at all. Yeah, not at all. But check them out. I believe you can find them on YouTube. Search for Yiska Volamount. The reason why we kind of, I don't want to say like I asked them to be on the show because I feel like it was pretty mutual. We decided we wanted to do a show oh, yeah. together. Kind of thing, but the reason why I would have asked them on the show is because they're the two best content creators in professional Overwatch, competitive Overwatch, right now. I regurgitate a lot of, I really do, Um, and I think I do a good job of it. But these guys are, these guys are smart. Okay, they're so smart. So make sure to subscribe to them on YouTube. Catch all that out. Of course, you can find Tactical Crouch. Uh, search for Kick Tripod, Overwatch League Daily, Tactical Crouch. You find it all there. Uh, you got Yiska here, Volamel here. Smartest people. Smartest people at Overwatch right now. Just the smartest people. I, Yiska, it's bothering me. What did you do to your forehead? Um, you, got, you got like this band-aid thing. I love here. how we, we yeah. missed the whole episode. Mystery. Yeah. You just sat on there and we're I just can't now. concentrate anymore. <laughs> Like, is, you, like, is it shaving up there? You have, like, a widow's peak and you shaved it off? And, like, oh, that's that's me, dog. I got the widow's peak. Look at that. Ugh. I don't, Horrendous. right? Like, look at this. It's straight, you got a full dude. full head of hair, dude. I do. It's a little bit thinner than I like. You're going to be a silver like. fox in, in 20 years. It's going to be a, it's a little thinner than I like. Like, in the right light, you can just, like, shine through. It's like a forest. Oh, big same. I know exactly how that feels, so. I don't, I just, not, I not need, yes, guy, I need to know what it is. I don't know. A pimple, dude. Oh, really? Just like, you just popped it and just... Yeah. He called yeah. it? Yeah. Didn't want to, just what, didn't want to bleed on camera, so he patched himself up. Just yeah, leave. That. That's like, that's respectable. Yeah. Because I just like, either don't pop it at all. Just let it all be there. That feels weird. Just this mountain on your face. I have been very fortunate, and like this is like the most pimply I've gotten since I was like mm. fifteen. Mm. Is this good end of show content? All right, guys. Like we'll see you for tacti- <laughs> Tactical Crouch episode six next time. Thanks again. Bye. <laughs>